Hey, this is Gareth Webb, and you are listening to Breakout, a show aimed at cutting through the hiring noise and breaking down best practices. We'll also be tapping into the minds of other industry leaders so you can ensure your business makes the right critical hires the right way. Today, we're going to talk about the best practices for constructing and presenting an offer to a potential employee and how to go in prepped for the negotiations on both sides. Let's dive in. Okay, so we can go ahead and jump right into it. We've talked about a few different things here. We've talked about the state of hiring initially, talked about org design and the importance of that and getting that right up front, talked about the interview process a little bit and want to dive into, okay, so now let's say the interview has gone well, there's good fit on both ends and the client is ready to, or the company is ready to give an offer. Based on my understanding and talking with our talent partner team and then and you, I'm just hearing conversations in our office. Obviously, there's a lot of work that goes into the whole process of hiring up front, and it's, you know, that's a long process there. But it feels like sometimes, often, the offer is almost like a, an afterthought in a way. Like, okay, here you go. Look it over and let me know what you think. So I know there's, in talking with you, good ways of going about it, and maybe that's not the best way. So I'm curious to talk with you and break down how to construct and present an offer, keep things clear, and ultimately increase the likelihood that a candidate will accept with the role. So let's kind of kick things off. And where do you see companies go wrong in this aspect? And we can jump into best practices after that. Yeah, I'll go back a little bit to what we talked about a few weeks ago, which was like timely hiring. And so getting things prepare like this the preparation piece so obviously you shouldn't dive into a hiring process without having a target compensation range and package and mechanisms for how people earn their bonus or commission or how their stock options could be structured the biggest issue is that people land on a candidate and then i don't know if it's nerves or apprehension or fear of rejection but the people just tend to splurt it out okay here's our offer that's not always the case but it's pretty common and then the best clients or companies and people who are better at hiring are so the the emotion is first of all has to be removed and that's the same for candidates by the way so any negotiating deal making scenario emotion should be removed there should be a upper and lower limit established a middle ground and the best offers are the ones that where there's no surprises everybody's been up front with each other increasingly so through a process so even upfront clients don't always want to be fully candid about the upper and lower limits so some of our clients don't like to give a range because they're like everyone's just going to want the upper range so they don't say it they just give a target number and there's obviously some flexibility typically. Candidates don't like to say what they earn mm-hmm. and what, uh, what they want to earn in case they're under underselling themselves or undervalue, undervaluing themselves or pricing themselves out. So people are, for, that, for those reasons, people are pretty coy. Nervous pricing themselves out in terms of thinking they're going to offer or say something too high? Yes, yeah, so instead I'm trying to get to 250. This is, this, these guys are max 220. Oh, that can work. So people just well, like what? So everybody asks what the other side's looking for. So that I think this is changing and will change. Whereby you know, we've seen Microsoft 
going to advertise salary ranges and lots of other companies do then so it's just this kind of notion of what again it's about fit so finding fit is about skills experience cultural kind of like values alignment and pricing if we're going to be crude about it compensation pay structure there's nothing i think it's so beneficial to be upfront because you then just don't waste time then so at the beginning people are a little bit more coy and through a process especially before final stage people want to be having that conversation and socializing offers like not hiding and hiding until the fact that it needs to be made so the best companies we work with they are upfront about the comp range or package structure that either works for somebody or it doesn't if there's some flexibility then we normally know that and then prior getting towards the final stages socializing some numbers does this work for you this is what we're trying to do this is what we've got budgeted is this going to work i think it's best to be doing that going into a final stage so everybody knows okay all we're doing here is getting to a yes or a no it can happen after a final round and that's that's also fine but you especially if you've got one or two people looking to take a position for the comp for a client that's fine if you've got a couple of people in play so then the whole conversation around here's what we're thinking does this work for you and not being scared to negotiate both sides as we see we we hear it and see it so much where candidates are scared to negotiate they much prefer doing that via us as a middle person because i think it just absorbs some friction and the delivery of negotiation is key as well and then even with clients and even with hiring companies that in a good market or bad market, I'm still shocked at how many people get offended by pushback and negotiation when candidates are trying to move an offer about. And sometimes very reasonably, it's like someone's playing with their livelihood here. They are negotiating to solidify their value before they come in. I see absolutely no problem with that as long as it's done in a professional and diplomatic and reasonable manner uh, and that's the word i would also use so there's like stripping out the emotion going into a negotiation if you're going to get emotional about it and defensive and irritated then you're never going to have a good you're never going to have a good experience or a good outcome and then the other part of that is why would you not want somebody coming to work for you who's prepared to negotiate and quite good at doing it but they're only going to end up if they negotiate for themselves on their comp and they've got the strength of character to do that and that's a skill, then make them do it for you when they work for you, when they're talking to vendors or booking a venue or whatever that may be, or hiring for them. It should, it's, not haggle, it's not like it's haggling. I think people feel like it's haggling in a marketplace or a, some street haggling scenario. That's not Everybody who's worth anything in business should be good at negotiating. Yeah, I'm always shocked when talent teams, hiring managers, founders get irritated when people push back to negotiate. I'd say 80 plus, 80% do. There's very few that are like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll take it on board. We'll come back and we'll advise the offer. So where people go wrong is they don't establish where they want to land at the very beginning. They don't socialize offers through the process or prior to presenting. So just, it's all about calibration, right? Just making sure that you're converging the two parties. And just removing emotion from a negotiation process. So it's not bad to negotiate. It's not dirty. It's not scammy. But all three of those things sometimes come into effect. It's actually a little bit higher than I would have 
guessed or expected in terms of companies that you've worked with that can, can be potentially a little more emotional or get offended when an offer is being negotiated? It's also really strange when they haven't socialized it earlier. So we have clients that are just without telling us and we don't advise on this if you're paying a third party decent amount of money don't just use them for the submission or the resume or the match or whatever you should be using every ounce of their ability to get value from the fee so it's always strange to me where clients are like all right is the offer we're going to present it to them this afternoon thanks whoa, 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 like don't do that that's not what's been discussed or that's not quite where they want to get to and then the, the bit that most people i think because if you're giving offers regularly if you're a talent acquisition professional in-house or you're a head of people or you're an exec and you're doing a bunch of hiring you can get into the mode of i give offers for fun like i'm doing it every week and therefore it degrades in terms of its kind of importance to you but for the candidate receiving it it doesn't degrade in its importance because they maybe don't experience that every week or year or even five years we just had somebody recently that left their company after 13 years and it was, an, it was a quite a stressful ordeal for them to make sure they got it right. And even if that's not the case, if someone's changing jobs every two, three, four years, whatever they decide to do, it's still a big move. So if someone's rushing it because they're used to doing it quite a lot, that's, that's important to me. Why are you rushing it? And why is there no detail here? So most people just fire out the base, the bonus percentage, and then, oh, here's and some stock. Okay, so what's the bonus percentage? What's the mechanism for earning that? Describe that. How does a stock option work? What's, people don't always understand the vesting schedule. They don't even understand how options work. So I have some documentation around that. What's the pricing of the value of that? Some, you know, it's very irritating when companies just fire a, a number of shares and smart, solid candidates want to know what that's worth. Yeah, and, and to that, and then final point there, just the, be, the benefits are important. But people just say, oh, yeah, we've got a one-pager. We'll shoot it over to you and benefits. It's just spend five minutes going through it if you're going to do all this spend an extra five minutes going through each line item so people get it and they can ask you questions and then probably get done yeah i was gonna that's a good segue into my next question i'm, I'm kind of curious walk me through what a presentation looks like if we want to call it that instead of sending it out what is that like ideal process or step-by-step kind of look like in your eyes i think collaboration is key around an offer because if you think about it if you're going to be working with that person, then you're going to be you're going to be going through certain transactions with them and deals and experiences like this, which is agreement, like an agreement, which a negotiation is basically coming towards an agreement, right? It's some compromise. So the the way I think an offer should be presented is especially now where you can screen share common everyone's screen sharing all the time is document the offer, put it together in its entirety base, bonus, equity, benefits, put it in a one-pager that's bullet-pointed, concise, very clear. Yeah, okay, be fine if you've got like healthcare or other selected perks. So just have the key components in a one-pager and just say, hey, look, let's just, I'm going to walk you through it. Here it is. People can then, some people are audio, some people are visual. So just do both. So yeah, I'm going to talk you through, here's the base, here's why we've landed on this number. Here's where your OT is coming in at with the bonus, and here's how the stock works. Here's the best. So this works out that you will be getting X through your first one, two, three, four years, and here's our benefits. And just go through them by line item. You can also probably then gauge reaction a little bit. Some people will say yes on the spot. Some people want to go and digest, discuss, come back to you. 
So what mostly happens is either he gets fired off via an email. Hey, congrats, here's your offer. We never do that. We always want to discuss to gauge, gauge reaction and then focus in on the points that prefer, like they're okay with. And then you, you can then give that document to the person. You've been through it with them and then you obviously wait to hear back. You have that expectation like we talked about at the beginning in terms of expecting that there's probably going to be some back and forth a little bit. Is that, is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, you can, get, you can put best foot forward if you want for an offer and if that's best and final. It was pretty bad business practice in general to do that. And especially when this is why hiring is difficult because there's so many pr different preference settings now for looking for a job, taking a job. And so there's the whole, how many days am I expected to come into the office? Am I expected to come into the office? I categorically don't want to go into the office. But we've got clients that are fully distributed and then once every three months they meet up for an offsite somewhere. And then, so what does that mean? Do I have to go to that? Do I have to miss a whole week? with being at home for my kids these are all questions it's complicated it's all very personal as well if they have some things they want to amend or adjust or improve if they're a really good candidate they should do that having wiggle room and flexibility is key so some this is one of the things we ask about with folks early on is like risk appetite and we talked about it before with a blended offer or, or a package which is more of a uh, kind of dial up dial down base bonus or cash versus equity not everybody can do that and companies have bandings for obvious reasons but yeah just yeah. going best foot forward is bad practice I say best foot forward best and final best foot forward is good but having room to be flexible is critical any tips or thoughts for our candidates in terms of the offer process yeah so i think we talk about preparation and no research about knowing what kind of a company to join and doing the due diligence part of that is obviously comp and there's plenty of sources to get gauge on comp i think having a very good understanding of what works for you up front and being clear about that so yeah i need to earn and then whatever the number is i'm on 150 base now there's no everyone seems to think there's this number that you should get for just changing jobs so oh i'm on 150 now i want 20% increase, so I want to be on 180, making sure that that's correct. Yeah, so it, that doesn't mean that you are, you don't earn the right to get an increase just for changing jobs, but typically you will get an increase. I think having, again, like a client having a range and as a candidate having a range, okay, I'm not going to take a lower base than this. I will take that lower base if the opportunity is amazing and there's some sizable upside on equity or options or whatever, then you don't really want to be getting too carried away and just pushing for the biggest base salary in my opinion it'd be great if you can get more than you planned for uh, and we do see that especially you've been underpaid prior so go for it the but having some sensibility around the total package um, and being clear about that through the process as well okay look going into final stage like lead the conversation i would say if the company's not doing it then take ownership of the situation and say, just want to confirm that I'm looking for 180 base. I don't want bonus less than 20 unless there's really good equity. And probably commit that to paper, like email ahead once you've had the conversation, just so you can say, let we discuss this. Because it could be that this happens all the time in all areas of business. Someone doesn't tell somebody or it doesn't get lost. Yeah, it gets lost. It's one of the things we're trying to fix with be having clients be upfront about comp and having candidates be a bit more upfront about comp and having that in our platform that we want to make sure that 
there's there's a source of truth around this, these data points if people are prepared to do that. And then yeah, with candidates, it's the same. It's don't be don't try not to be too emotional on both ends of the spectrum. So what happens is if it's low, people get dejected. If it's really high, people get really excited and then they get carried away. If you're offering me this, then or if someone else is offering me this, you better offer me this. So we do see all ends of the spectrum. We see some real steady, consistent, decent. Yep, that's exactly what I said I wanted. I'm happy with that. Then you see this tail end of the experience where there's, oh, if they're not offering me what I asked for, then I'm not going to work there. So maybe they're offering you this for a good reason. Maybe you didn't come in as a senior product manager because you didn't demonstrate that you are senior beyond years of experience. You didn't demonstrate the traits. They're putting you in this banding. In one year, you could get promoted. So yeah, you're coming in at the upper end of that band and that's how they run the business. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big mistake that we see just against the emotion creeps in and just ironing out through, if something's really important to you, like healthcare, be, have that conversation up front early and say, look, by the way, I get full healthcare coverage. And so, I'm used to that. I want that. There's all these things that tend to get left to the end, I think, because people want to be chosen first before they negotiate. I don't think that's the way to do it. It's best to do it gradually through the process as a candidate. And like I said, if they're not, if the client's not leading it, you should lead it, in my opinion. Let's go ahead and wrap up. wanted to have you quickly touch on some of the key points, takeaways you want companies to walk away with here so companies should again with this whole consensus around what you're hiring for why what's acceptable what level talk talk about have the comp range in there try to be upfront about it just so having this range being clear being upfront socializing offers prior to the fact so don't wait till the decision's been made and then do it if you're getting towards a decision and someone's going through into a final and everyone's putting in a lot of time and energy into a panel or something like that, or you're going to use time from your CEO or C-suite to interview somebody, be up, like start talking about it before. No surprises. The surprises are really bad in any deal, but especially in hiring. And then don't go best and final and don't get pissed off because someone wants to have an conversation with you and negotiate their package and then when you're presenting the offer the summary i would say is just like document it ahead of time go but go through the line items don't dismiss benefits and perks as supplementary and just i oh, will whip you a little docs don't be lazy basically like all the work of sourcing talking to partners managing a whole process to then blow it at the final stage just because you literally can't be asked to go through a line item and talk to somebody about it it's just surprising how often that happens so don't do it <laughs> just, just do it properly thanks again for your time i always appreciate it and until next week thanks so much for listening to this episode of breakout if you want to hear more make sure to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to be the first to get notified when future episodes are released if you like the show or want to share feedback, please leave a review so we keep improving and share the word with other leaders in the tech talent space. If you have suggestions for topics we should cover, please feel free to reach out to either myself or Gareth.